This is episode 136 of the Fearless Launching Show. Today, I'm joined by Christopher Carter of thisepiclife.com and thenewsobriety.com. We're going to be talking about his launch of thenewsobriety.com, which he did a pilot program of last fall. But we're also going to dive into a really interesting topic that you may have thought about if you're not in the online business helping growing space. So if you have ever launched or tried to launch something that you felt like people didn't even want to admit they needed help with, today's episode is for you. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done for you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. First of all, thank you, Casey, Christopher. I always call you Casey, but do you prefer Christopher? You know, I prefer whatever what works for anybody. Whatever works. Casey is- well, if you yeah. guys don't know Casey, Christopher Carter, actually, you've been on the show before, probably about uh, two years ago now maybe at the very beginning. Um, so, yeah, yeah. so make sure to go to that so you can, after you listen today, so you can really get the full kind of where where things were because that was before your first launch of right. a program. This is, we're going to be talking about a different different thing that you're doing today, but um, I'm just so grateful to have you back. Yeah, you know, I anytime I launch anything, as I'm sure it's the case with most people that know you, Anne, I think constantly, what would Anne do? And I need to talk to Anne. So I, I'm grateful as a uh, as a guest of the show, but also as a fan of your work. So thanks for having me. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, well, there were a few reasons why I thought this our conversation would be interesting. Of course, it's about a launch. You're just about to kick off something, and maybe you're already in the process of it. But really, when I started to think about what you're doing, this is a really, this is a really unique thing that you're launching. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Experience that you're launching. Well, it's called the new sobriety, and I think that's the one you're talking about, right? Yes. <laughs> so, so many launches lately, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the new sobriety is interesting because if you would have asked me, you know, even a couple of years ago, if I ever had any interest in helping people get sober or kick drinks or whatever, I, I would have thought you were high, uh, which is ironic. But um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm coming up on my five years of since I decided not to drink. And what was interesting was that so many of my friends and colleagues over the last five years have quit drinking, partially due to my example and just kind of me planting some seeds or, or just letting them know that it's not the end of your partying days by any stretch. In fact, it's this invitation to enjoy life more. So I just decided to finally, a friend of mine said, you should create a program around this. So I did. And the response, I, I ran a, a, a kind of a beta of it last October and it was great. I had 50 people around the world doing this and, and a lot of them haven't drank since. So I thought I, I got to expand this and reach more people. Yeah. 
Well, I think I think what strikes me about just I mean, just this topic, I mean, we've had obviously through Fearless Launching the history of it, there have been people who've come in wanting to launch things that are of this kind of nature that's launches by just like the definition are like these big events. Let's get public. Let's share our problems. But there are some problems and challenges that people face that aren't so easy to be public about or to admit or to join that Facebook group that then pops up to everyone's notifications like, hey, I just joined the new sobriety group, you know, like that kind of thing. But it was there were a few other ones. One was about uh, spousing spouses who are uh, unfaithful. So it was an infidelity group. Like, how do you join? Like, there are some of these concepts, but actual things that people are struggling with that you might not want to admit to yeah. publicly. You so know, I, think that's, I, I don't know. I think that that's in, in my history, I always decide whether or not to publish something based on how uncomfortable it makes me feel. But you do have to, as a marketer and as somebody delivering what you sell, hopefully you do have to be very sensitive to what other people's boundaries and parameters are. And this is a sensitive topic at first, you know, I've always tried to take the more, you kind of know my tone, but I try to keep things very light, very humorous. And I live by the quote, which is, uh, mock the devil and he will flee from me, whether that's addiction in any form, whether that's just dubious, crappy behavior we grow up with. I kind of try to laugh at all of it, but I, I realize that certain people are very sensitive to that fact. So it is a little bit of a tightrope to walk. You know, for instance, the Facebook thing is interesting because we are going to be moving the Facebook community off of that, not only because that's its own snake pit of addiction, it's in itself, uh, yeah. because it's, it's not, it's not private, it's public. And the irony of my program too, is that I live in Northeast Ohio where, uh, in Akron, which is the birthplace of Alcoholics Anonymous. So I'm steeped in this community that, that is very faithful to that tradition where the anonymous exists for a reason. People don't talk about it. They, you would be Ann S. I would be Chris C. <laughs> you would not know what each other did for a living. It's very respectful in that regard. So I am kind of grappling with the ways of, of how do we work on this issue? Cause it is absolutely an issue that a lot of people grapple with, but, um, do it in a way that doesn't, you know, violate their own privacy in that regard. Yeah. You know, I like actually what you said about, you know, mock the devil kind of thing, because I'm very much like, you know, when I'm having difficulty with anything, I'll be like, oh, and, you know, I try to like do that because when you lighten it, and I think I want to say our friend Hillary Rubin told me that she went to a Tony Robbins event and he actually talks about kind of you got to like those things that bug you in life in general. You got to laugh at them. It kind of disarms them. It it removes all the power that they have over you. And so I kind of I, I'm definitely into that mocking kind of attitude. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting because as I as I ramp up for this launch and I revisit all the material and all my writing around the subject, it gives me chills because it's a very powerful journey. I mean, it's no different than taking the spiritual journey. You know, I've done a lot of meditation over the years and it's a profound quest. And, you know, it might seem like just a big or or not that big of a deal to just say, you know what, you people enjoy your drinks. I'm not going to drink. There's no judgment there. Like that's a huge part of everything I do. I'm not here to judge drinking good or bad. I could care less about that. I'm more so interested in getting people to embrace the notion of what the virtue of sobriety could mean. Typically in our culture, it means the lame absence of booze. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's, it's kind of this crappy 
low hanging fruit definition of, you know, during prohibition, there was people that were cool and speakeasies drinking and doing the Charleston and all that stuff. And then there were the lame ass teetotalers. Oh, I'm not going to have any booze. And they were the sober people. Yeah. And so, so like my work is to help kind of break down those walls and not have either side judge the other, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's still a sensitive topic for people. And it's, it's one that, you know, is as light as I try to keep it, it's more so just to be the sugar that helps the medicine go down. But when I read my writing around it and I, and I really read the stories of people that are on that quest, it is so profound and powerful. I mean, lots yeah. of tears, lots of full body vibes, because in some cases, this is a life or death thing. You know, it's like, it's no joke. And on the very least of the scale, it's about people kind of reclaiming some of their power back and saying, you know, if I could kick this drinks thing, maybe I could be a better partner or a better person or a better parent. So, you know, it's, it, it comes packaged in a very, uh, you know, happy go lucky, crazy package like me, but at its <laughs> core, it's takes its shit pretty seriously like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a question then for you, like, because it's such a sensitive topic and, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, I think, just in general, when I saw like your video and like the the information page last fall, I was actually just struck by, wow, this isn't actually it's it's just it's not even just about the drinks, the drinks you can mean drinks can mean any old thing that's preventing you from really kind of having having like this full life. And I think that's also something that I feel like is very you. It's like this total life integration everything kind of aligning and you can't have this one piece that you just kind of go off the rails on. Um, as, as much if you want as I that. would love to, I loved my beers and I loved my wine and I love, you know, insert vice. I've loved them all. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, um, but with, with this one, I, I love that you touch on that because really it is, it's at first the people that take the 30 day challenge to give up the drinks, they think it's about the drinks and just being, you know, a little bit more sober, less hangovers, whatever. And then three weeks in, like clockwork, they become they they have a little bit of an enlightening situation where they think, God, I'm sleeping better. I'm having better conversations with my spouse. I'm showing up differently. I'm meditating more. It becomes one of those linchpin habits like meditation habit, which I've done a lot of education yep. around that changes everything else. And, you know, what our bodies think is a buzz, you know, where we give our, you know, whether that's sugar or booze or porn or sex, whatever it is, the soul tends to view those things as kind of a buzzkill because the soul operates at a very high frequency. And we trip over the soul when we fall in love or hold our child for the first time or look into our child's eyes or look up at the stars on a starry night. And a lot of these filters that we put in, in between those things are just there out of convenience. You know, like in, in my case, it was, well, you're a teenager now, everybody drinks underage and here you go. And then it was playing in bands. I mean, I know you're a musician. Mm -hmm. If you play you're going to drink and this is what we do. And then you become a parent and you go drinking on Halloween during trick or treat. I mean, it's just, it becomes such a prescriptive template of how you should live. It starts to feel like a tiny little box where it was sold to us as some big fun party that cool kids want to be a part of. But then Interesting. what I'm concerned about is I wake up more as a parent or as a yogi, as I look at the habits and, and trust me, if it's not drinking this month for me, it's something different I'm trying to let go of. I look at these things as constrictive, like, wow, that felt like a party in my youth, but now it's kind of a buzzkill. Well, I couldn't kind of, I love that phrase and I had to write it down, the linchpin habit yeah. kind of thing. It's like, what is that thing that's going to make all, the, because I can imagine once you kind of let go of that, 
and you're mm-hmm. sleeping better, you're communicating more clearly, you're loving. Then there's other things that kind of show up. You're like, wow, yeah, I don't really need that much coffee to wake up in the morning. Okay, so uh-huh. I got that out of my system. Okay, cool. Now I'm eating better. I don't need to go to McDonald's every five seconds or whatever, <laughs> whatever the right. case is, you know? Maybe, maybe I will do these 200 deep lunges and work on my glutes. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you, you do start <laughs> making better choices. And the, um, the meditation habit is really the key too, because it creates this level of discernment and meta attention where you really start looking at your life as if you're looking at the top down of a maze versus being down in it. And it's really uh, disturbing at first, frankly, it's almost like going to therapy where the, where, where life gets worse, definitely before it gets any better. Cause you start uncovering all your crap. Well, when you, when you kick booze, there's nowhere to hide. You can't say, Oh, I'm having a stressful day. I want that glass of wine or, you know, I, I want to have a deep conversation with my partner. So I'm going to, we're both going to have a glass of wine, whatever it is you just have to show up and be raw and real. And as liberating as that is on the other side of it, at first it's kind of jarring because mm-hmm. you're used to fails. And, you know, the, the, the most powerful one I experienced was, was the first time I did a full body cleanse on my diet and I gave up carbs and sugar and coffee and alcohol all at the same time. It was, first of all, my body was freaking out from detox. Like, what the hell are you doing to me? And then two days later, it was almost a spiritual experience of something like, wow, is this what the world really looks like? Like everything was glowing. Serendipity was more common. People were more open. My heart was more open, but that was almost scary. I wanted to go back to all that other stuff just because I couldn't handle the bright, shiny light of- Well, I wonder too, it's like without all of that, like without all the stuff that we put into ourselves- isn't that our body kind of in pain, our soul in pain? And when you have the absence of pain, it's like insanity. Like for me, I, as you were saying that, I was just thinking, I had this crazy migraine yesterday. And there's always a moment after like the pain really goes away. And I'm like, I can't even breathe because it's so amazing how it feels with no yeah, pain. I'm like, oh my God, right. did I actually have that migraine for three days instead of just the one? Because I feel really good right now. Um, so yeah, I love that. Well, it's kind of, that's a great point. There's a lot of, believe it or not, Buddhist philosophy in what you just said, you know, the, the, the ability to sit in your suffering and to be okay with your suffering and to honor your suffering. I mean, that's a really deep, deep practice and it's a very brave practice. Like that cannot be underestimated, you know, to not go hide behind, you know, if people aren't hiding behind booze or, you know, other Facebook addiction or whatever habits, they're, they're hiding behind work, <laughs> you know, like yeah. workism. like I will just keep working myself to death so I don't have to face whatever is causing me pain. I mean, like the, the journey of life is some heavy shit, basically. And the degree to which we could be brave and show up fully to honor that suffering or pain, what's on the other side of that is so much spiritual muscle. You know, you gain a lot of spiritual strength and you also gain, you know, like that that feeling you described of coming out of the fog of that pain of a headache and realizing like, oh my God, this is how awesome my life is when I don't (laughs) have this crappy headache, you know, and, but, but to do that without any kind of training wheels or filter or kind of cushion of booze or navigating you through to show up fully in that sober moment. I mean, I think that's what we're all really chasing is to be outside on a beautiful day and to say, God, life is just good right now. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. need 
the Starbucks or the sugar or the Facebook or the, you know, and I'm not saying, and again, I'm not judging any of those things as bad. Cause these are I'm, all like, I'm thinking coffee, um, Facebook work. Um, we're talking about entrepreneurs here and like, right. think about the, all the stuff that entrepreneurs need their coffee. Let's the, take our picks. <laughs> they're all awesome. But the last time I checked, most entrepreneurs aren't still riding their first two wheeler with their dad holding the seat, right? <laughs> They're, they want to be on the freaking on-ramp to the highway or life is a highway. I want to ride it all night long, like going down the hill full speed. And I look at those things as, as convenient and as awesome and as you know fun as those things are. They, at some point in excess, they become a crutch or they become training wheels or they become you know um, a guidepost or a uh, parameter that you didn't really choose. It kind of chooses you and it keeps you inside it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So my question then, you know, uh, just about this, because obviously this isn't one of those deep topics. And I think that everybody, everybody has people that they know who really suffer with like not just headaches or not just coffee addiction, but some really serious kind of are struggling through something, you know, that they're holding on to. And so I know that what you're doing is so I just feel like it's, I don't even know if the word is universal. I don't know, but it's so important. And I think that what you said about mocking, and I actually really believe in being public about it. You know, I grew up in a home where my, my dad was struggling with multiple things and I feel like I was out in the dark. I was in the dark. I didn't know anything about that. And and I, but I understand it too. I understand that in the dark, I understand that there's shame around it, but I really believe in being open and sharing. And you know what, for better or for worse, let, let everybody know what that pain is because you can only get support when you do that, you know? Well, we're here to help, you know, hopefully let our hearts expand. And it only does that to the degree, degree that you're vulnerable. And people will never know anyone else's degree of suffering, you know, like just because I may have kicked one addiction doesn't mean I, I grab, don't grapple with others or, you know, everybody is, he goes to Dairy Queen. <laughs> did, you, did you check my, my filthy soft serve habit? <laughs> <laughs> my daughter you know, wanted to go every flipping day. I was like, would you stop? I'm going to, Oh God. I post about this on Facebook where every time I give in and go to the Dairy Queen, for some reason, this Dairy Queen is in a really crappy part of town here where I live and my car bottoms out every time I come out of the lot. So it's like sparks come out the back and I'm like, kind of like shove my soft serve up into my face and I'm already hating myself for eating it. It just gets worse. So yes, yes. Casey has some vices and that's one of them that he gets a very harsh reminder of when he goes. Well, the the thing is I'm not here to be perfect in any stretch and I'm here to show people that if if some knucklehead from the suburbs of Ohio can figure this stuff out, other people can too. And with the, with the addiction thing, it's really, so, so at the end of the sobriety program, this was really interesting. We, we gave people a very compassionate option they could take. So once they graduate from the 30 days of no booze, they could choose one of three options. And one of them is, um, more conscious moderation. So they're just going to be more aware and that was interesting because over the course of the program, I realized that I wasn't trying to create people quitting booze. I just wanted to create a better relationship with booze. So now all these people have a totally different renegotiated relationship with booze where they just drink less. They enjoy themselves more. They 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 really file it appropriately. Whereas if you just grow up on the template you're handed about, here's how much an, an American should drink, it tends to be a little too much and too often. 
and they're just more aware of it, so they're moderate. The second option is to continue on their own for a 90-day challenge, which is, you know, I'm just going to watch this for another 60 days and see if it's something I really need to quit. And then the people, the third option, the people that were like me that realized, I realized at the age of 36 that I had drank for 22 years of my life at that point, and it was a good run. Um, but I knew that if I didn't quit consciously in my 30s, I would absolutely need rehab or therapy in my 40s. So I flipped a switch. I decided once and I quit. And we give those people the option of, of choosing the new sobriety, which is the path with, without the drinks moving forward. And what we found is that all the people that did quit that haven't drank a drop in now seven months since they took the program – are the ones that really needed to quit. Like they, they, they had been talking to talking to themselves about it for years. They had tried other things. They were not comfortable going to an AA meeting because they didn't, they thought that that would be shameful or too heavy to do that. Mm -hmm. It just gave them kind of an easy out. Like I look at it as kind of stepping off the elevator when you know, it's kind of going down before it crashes into the basement floor, you know? Yeah. And, Cause not all of us are aware. Like some of us are just sailing downward and we don't realize it, you know? Yeah. I, I like this, uh, the new, this approach that you're taking, because I'm not hearing some of the same, you know, things that I feel like I heard all throughout my childhood. Well, he'll hit rock bottom once and once, you know, at some point. And I'm like, yeah, and he'll drag us all down there with him. But you know what I mean? Like, like, I remember hearing certain buzz phrases the whole time that I was a kid growing up. And so mm -hmm. I love how it's so refreshing to hear this different conversation really oh it's it's um you know and i give a lot a lot of love and respect to alcoholics anonymous i mean the the founders day happens uh once a year here in my hometown in akron and hundreds of thousands of people on motorcycles ride in to honor the gravesite of the guy that founded it and it's so powerful it saves so many millions of lives and it's it's real true work and i i, I don't take anything away from that however I do take exception with the with the concept of rock bottom. I feel like that could manifest in a lot of different ways in people's lives. For a lot of those people, maybe it manifested as very real outward circumstances of I lost my job, D, third DUI, you know, whatever yeah. it could be. Yeah, health crisis. For me, it was my rock bottom was realizing that I was living with this stupid ass voice in my head on a continual loop. Like, are you drinking too much? Maybe is that your third beer or fifth beer? How many drinks have you? It was like this incessant dialogue of if I was drinking too much or not as not enough as my colleagues or coworkers, it was just madness. And I realized that I just needed to decide once and completely silence that voice forever. And now I could go party around drinkers, non-drinkers, and there's no judgment and there's no voice. There's just me being in the moment and having fun versus the, you've been doing this for a long time. Can you stop if you wanted to? Well, I, I love that. And at the end, we'll give everybody how to like kind of find yeah. out what you're doing and stuff. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and just talk yeah. talk about the launch stuff because, you know, everything we're saying about how sensitive this topic really is. And, but it is, I think it's an important one to address. And I, I think that if someone out there is really thinking about launching something that they're like, how am I supposed to launch this if people don't even want to talk about it? This is this is probably one of the most people don't want to talk about it topics I know yeah. of. So how do you go into something like list building and building a community? Do you build it around yourself and then people just kind of discover what you're talking about? Or how does that work for you? You know, by and large, I've been pretty fortunate to build most of my list around myself doing different types of things. And and it's it all kind of rolls up to the umbrella of consciousness. I want to uplift consciousness. I want people to be more 
of a higher consciousness. And so it was meditation training. It was, um, just integrate and improve your life kind of stuff. And when I started going off into the bushes with alcohol, uh, this time last year, I really had to experiment with what was going to land with people and not feel in any way like an attack on their habits. Right. So I really made it about less about the booze themselves. I, first of all, I marginalize the, the drinks, as I call them, I don't call alcohol the villain or the devil. I call it the drinks because the drinks implies it could be fun. It could be consuming you alive. I'm not here to judge. <laughs> like, yeah, they, it's a very there. it's a lighter way to kind of talk about it without saying, oh, And our language is very important, especially as marketers. So I just said, I I started, you know, releasing these articles and these deep reflections about the drinks. And I was coming up on four years of sobriety at that point. And um, I just started getting kind of a real heartfelt response. And a lot of people messaging me directly on, on Facebook saying like, wow, if you do a program on this, I'm really interested, sign me up. And, and so I knew that there was a groundswell and there was demand. So I was just, that whole time I was just doing what you taught me, testing the waters, seeing what lands with people. And when it came down to building the list, I just put up an interest list lead page. And it basically just said, here's our core tenants. It's non-judgment, it's compassion, it's community, and let's do 30 days without the drinks. So it was very slick and and non-judgmental. And, you know, people do 30-day challenges all the time and not many people consider, well, salespeople do it every January after they hammer themselves with booze through the holidays. They, they always call it sober January. So one of my clients said, you should rename your program, the new sobriety. You should just call it January and run it like any <laughs> year. You know? Cause he's like, that's what salespeople do. They drink too hard. And so I, so I collect these stories and I just keep tweaking the languaging around it to where, how can I make this a fun 30 day experience where it's like, yeah, giving up booze might be heavy for some people. And I know that those emotions and that heaviness will come up, but I just want to provide a safe container, safe for Forum to do it without, you know, all the resistance around it. So, and that's what, that seemed to build the list enough. And it wasn't a huge list. I mean, what's interesting about it is, and I'm happy to talk specifically about the numbers. The first interest list when I ran that program was 200 people. It was small. Right. So, but the people you said like 50 or something, right? 50. Yeah, so 20, so it's like those people, that conversion rate is going to be dead on. Like really good because of that, you know? And and you know how many refunds or how many people bowed out of those 50? One. One. (laughs) One one person said, "Uh, this wasn't what I thought it would be. It's not for me. I, you know, don't want to do it. Can't do it, whatever. And they failed and, and you know, no harm, no foul. But, um, what was interesting about it too, from the pricing, because I know you like all these granular questions and I'm very happy to be transparent with this one is I never really did the new sobriety as a big moneymaker for myself. I did it more so as like a public service, but I knew I had to attach cost to it, obviously, because I was in business for myself for the first time last year and, you know, I can't lose money doing it. So I thought, you know, what everybody does when they come to price their offering, like, what is my time worth? And, you know, what, what would be a good value for this program? The, the first launch that you t- talked about in the beginning when I did in 2015, that was more of a marketing community thing called, uh, your signature impact. That was like a thousand dollar program. And I was lucky to sell that at like, you know, maybe I had like 20, 25 people in that with this program. I thought, you know what, this, it feels fair to put this out at like two ninety seven. you know, like I, cause I, it was five modules, lots of deep conversations, killer resources. And I knew for a fact that they had a chance to create a non-drinking habit is what I promised them. So I thought, you know, two ninety seven. I'll put it out there. So I, the day of the launch, 
you know, I didn't even do a webinar. I just kind of launched the program. People started signing up and it was all like, you know, in the background, it was all like car tires and chicken wire. I'm like holding the site together with like <laughs> loose rope and rubber bands and shit. Like it was a mess. <laughs> but on the front, on the front, you know, you wanted to get on the, the real front. It looks beautiful. I was, I was loving the video. I love the video so much. Well, that, that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm a true like Virgo artist. I, I, everything has to feel from a user experience. It has to feel very beautiful on my side. It's, you know, it's a disaster. You know, you're, you're like, like throwing oh, things up in the air, confetti, oh like, like weird stuff I'm <laughs> portal for the first time. Like, okay, I sold it. Now I have to build it. And you know, it's just all this shenanigans that people do online. But I knew that the core message of it, I would over deliver on the promise. But when I put it out, when I put out the pricing, it was crickets and then somebody that I knew was very interested in it said, oh, I just don't have the budget for to do it at this level. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, 297 is too high for this offering. And AA is available on every corner and it's free. So I immediately cut the price in half, 149 and I put it back out. And I swear my PayPal was like ding, 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 ding to 50 times. Like it was like everybody signed up at 149 I was like, okay, that's the price, you know? So – the reason I share that is like from a launch perspective, I mean, this is something I really learned from you is that we could value what we do any number of ways in our heads and, and, and think about in terms of what we need for our time or whatever, but it really comes down to the avatar and the, and the ideal customer and how much skin in the game do they really need to get the value you're promising. And it, and it was less about what I, it, what my ego needed for the price and much more, um, what what I truly needed it to be, which was 50 people sold out, awesome experience. They got a really fair deal and a fair price. Wasn't a huge money maker by any stretch, but I did feel well compensated at the end of the day for what I delivered. So yeah. it was a big learning experience on the pricing. I love that. So tell me really quickly about like, so it was out there for a specific period of time and then or did you just open it and then didn't get the response right away? So you're like, and then someone said, Hey, I really love to do this a little yeah. too much. So, so, so how, how, what was the time frame in there? Yeah. So, so I always run it as a 30 day challenge at the start of a first of a month. So this next one's going to run May 1st to May 31st. Oh, it's coming up so, right away. Yeah, it's totally coming up. So the, the, but the, the cart opens for it typically about 10 days before that date. And I do this time I'm doing a webinar. So I have 10 days to do the whole promotion and to get to, to registration and onboard people. So it's kind of a blitz. It's kind of a last minute blitz as is my way. But, um, with this first one I did, I, I, I was kind of smart in that I, allowed enough time for the program started on the first, but the 30 day challenge didn't start for like another maybe eight to 10 days past that. Cause I was preparing people to take the 30 day challenge. So during that, that initial ramp up, I was still onboarding new customers so they could sign it anytime. So it worked out kind of well to really experiment with everything you need to experiment with the messaging, the pain points, the, you know, cause that was the other thing too. I want to be really respectful about, I didn't want to hammer pain points around drinking because you could really turn into a dick quickly with the marketing. If you're like, so are the drinks consuming you alive? <laughs> you know, like, you're I, like, bye. <laughs> bye Casey. Yeah, too much. And, <laughs> 
I, I wanted to just really do it in a loving, caring, fun way. And, um, you know, so my, my goal for the next time is to get closer to 75 people. And it's more so just to create a larger community around it. And, and I am going to offer a deal for uh, the people that did it the first time to do it again with me, um, just because I believe in it and it seemed to work well for them. So, you know, it's again, it's a work in progress, a series of experiments, right? I love it. I love it. So, um, how can people kind of check this out? Where do they go? Yeah, the new sobriety.com. Uh, I really would love for people to go there. That's the, the place to just be on the list for it to be. Um, it is invitation only. And I really keep that list. And I think that conversion rate kind of speaks to it. It's a highly curated, small list of people that, that it, this either speaks to them or they don't, you know, it's like, it's not about, I want to learn more about my drinks. It's, it's, like, let's do this thing. So, um, I, I encourage people to go there. Um, one of the things that I've committed to doing is dropping, um, a pretty significant manifesto around this. I'm gathering up all the writing I've done over this over the past year, uh, some of my most powerful, best writing, and I'm condensing it into a manifesto that's going to include this, uh, song that I wrote. I've been a songwriter since I was a kid, um, that celebrates my five years of sobriety. And it's, it's pretty fun. You know, I try to make it more of a artistic experience for me as a creator, just so I'm not shackled to the computer the whole time. But, um, yeah, the line, um, the, the line in the song that I'm getting a lot of amusement out of, out of right now is, um, tonight I shouldn't lose my wallet or my keys. Just don't assume I must've battled some hard disease. I'll never judge you or your hot pink daiquiris not on New Year's Eve. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's just this whole ethos of non-judgment, love, and let's figure out how to coexist and party with or without the booze. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm super excited to kind of see how you go through this one and the webinar. It, will they find out about the webinar too if they're on this list? It looks like yeah, they probably will. They will. And, and any of my lists will promote the webinar next week. My, my site is at thisepiclife.com and there's tons of awesome resources and, and stuff there. I, I give away a ton of stuff there. I, I make most of my living through organizational consulting. So I always look at all the stuff I do for individuals mostly as a give. I'm just now starting to really um, monetize more of the individual offerings through coaching and some of these programs. I love it. Um, well, honestly, I mean, I you know, we could probably just jam for a while and I kind of want want to yeah because you know I I really hope that even if you don't know or if you're thinking well this sounds really interesting go check it out because I I think that once you check out Casey you might like like it like it happened for me when I actually went to this page in October I could immediately think of people that I knew that I cared about who could benefit from this. Now, it's not to say that you should go pushing programs on people, but if you really are feeling called to that, just share it with someone, you know, share it with that person, you know, send it to them in their email, because I I just, I find that these types of really fresh experiences don't happen in the way that, you know, Casey can really pull them off. Um, You're awesome, of course. I, I and, really appreciate that. Thanks for supporting the work. It's awesome. Like I said, you know, I, I think that a lot of us have, I mean, a lot of people have grow up in that kind of environment. And I know I did. I've got multiple family members who 
even passed um, because of various things. And so I know how important this is. And, you know, I know that we're here to talk about launching, but you are, you're going to, you're going to launch and you're going to see that beautiful thing come uh, to yeah, life. I'm, I'm kind of excited uh, as I, as I got reacquainted with the material over the last couple of weeks, I'm just really excited to take it out at a bigger level. And, and the thing to, to kind of tie up what you were saying is that, you know, I'm not asking people to, um, you know, villainize their own drinking habits or, or, or even become deeply reflective over them. It's just because again, it's not so much about the drinks. It's about what's on the other side. When you give those up, when you have the power to give those up for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, forever, you embrace this concept of what I call the new sobriety, which is really just living in the alignment of the miracle of your circumstances, being, having no place to hide and just feeling okay with that it is a pretty spiritually profound place and I'm not, there's a lot of ways to get there with or without booze, but this is just one Avenue that won't, won't require any judgment or suffering or shakes or detox. I love it. I love it. Okay. So go check out the new sobriety.com. Go check out, um, what is your, uh, what's your main site? Is it, you changed the name, uh, this this epic life. Yeah. And yeah, my, my organizational work points to ChristopherCarter.org, but yeah, this epic life is still the best place to find me. Yeah. And make sure to e-stock Casey because he's really funny too. And he's got some fun stuff everywhere. So I'm going to make sure I link to some of my favorite things and uh, we'll let you know when everything goes up and I'm so excited. Can't wait. I'll, I'm happy to give you a recap of how it went behind the scenes. It's always you know a, I want it. It's always fun. <laughs> okay, you know that I want to hear it. Yeah. All the dirty details. So it's coming. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Ann. All right. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about Casey and everything that he's up to, uh, you can find him over at thisepiclife.com. And you can also check out this new program that he's just about to unveil the the second time around, really. And that's called thenewsobriety.com. His hub, though, is at thisepiclife.com. And you can find out everything you need to know from him there. Make sure that if you are interested in learning more about him and what he's up to, he is about to have a webinar, so you need to sign up for that. I've put all of the links in the show notes, which you can find over at ansamoylove.com forward slash 136. You will just fall in love with Casey. He is an amazing, energetic, inspiring, and thoughtful teacher and just all around amazing person. So I can't speak highly enough about him. And I generally don't go on and on and on and on about people like I do KC. But once you've been kind of influenced by him and you learn something from him, you won't forget that experience. So head over to to check him out and you can read more about what we talked about today in the show notes, which again are over at ansamoylove.com. Thanks so much for listening to the Fearless Launching Show. And I can't wait for next week. We have got a great episode with another amazing guest coming up for you and looking forward to that. Take care.